there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Paris and Alana, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. Welcome here. Welcome back, Kingdom Sexuality family. We are so excited to have you, and we're going through part two of our interview with Tim. We have Tim back today because last time was not enough. (laughs) We were so blessed with what Tim had to say, and we're like, Tim, do you want to do a part two? Because we're really feeling like Jesus is like, let's do a part two. So here we are. Um, we went through so much last time and we have some really good stuff that is definitely epitomizing on our last episode. So if you haven't heard our last episode, make sure you catch that and then catch this one. I never do. So Tim, we have some questions that we want to go over yet again. I know we've talked about these things, but, um, we talked a little bit about this last time, just number one being what are the biblical truths and standpoints on the definition of purity and how does and defile that. So can we look even deeper within the Bible and us as real life people and how all of this works in terms of pornography and addiction? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and thanks again for having me. Uh, again, love what you guys are doing. I think this is just, we can't talk about this enough. Yes. Uh, so important. And, and uh, our culture just, it's just invades everything we do. Yeah, so sure. um, I think this is, this is, this is great. Um, let me maybe just start by, uh, I think, reading a couple passages of scripture. Yes. Um, the Bible, I love the Bible. It's great. It's got some great stuff to say to us. Mm-hmm. And then I want to kind of step back and talk a bit about um, the, the broader kind of porn culture versus gospel culture. Um, because I think I think there's some worldview stuff that is is preached in porn culture that we don't always give air to. So let me, okay. let me read uh, kind of four passages for you. Um, that, that kind of talk about lust and sexual immorality. So Matthew 5, 28 says, but I tell you that if you look at another woman and want her, you are already unfaithful in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, so that's lust, right? We, yeah. Lust is something that scripture talks about. So we get that. That's that's somewhat obvious, I think. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 says, flee from sexual immorality. All other, all other, sign, sorry, all other sins a uh, person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. First mm-hmm. John two sixteen says, "For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world." Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Mark yeah. seven twenty to twenty three says, and then he added, it, "It is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder." Uh, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. So there's there's a general sense in scripture that, um, you know, that, that we are not created to have lust drive our life. Um, right. that, that although God gave us these beautiful things, that these, these, these sexual desires, mm-hmm. that they are uh, meant to be in a certain way um, that brings out their greatest place of flourishing and benefit to uh, human life. Yes. Um, and and scripture for for us says that that's within the marriage, uh, the marriage covenant. Mm-hmm. And so um, so that's kind of these scriptures that kind of say the don't. People often ask, hey, what can I you know not do? The do's um, and the don'ts, right? right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's the, the the classic question, which is good and helpful, and, and I think we, we need to ask that. Another thing I would say too is that um, uh, we often have this idea that. 
um, we, we want to know like what what is okay? What can I do? And what can't I do? And, and, and we ask that because we want to know how close to the line we can get without going over. Like, can I, yeah. can I put Thank my big toe over yes. the line? You know, exactly. can, can, I, can I push it a little bit? Is it okay to go a little bit farther? Yeah. Right. We, we really want, and, and to yeah. me, I would just, I would second guess that notion to say, um, what's your motivation for Absolutely. that? And what are you actually wanting to do? And, and to, to inspect your own desires, uh, where your heart is at to say, hold on, what actually do I really want? Do, is it is it that I want to engage in these sexual acts? Do I want to look at the screen? Do I want to do these things? Or do I desire most a healthy relationship with other physical beings around me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or do, I, do I want to honor God in these things? Do I want to honor my spouse? Do I, do I want to love and uphold them? Do I, as we'll talk about a little bit later, one of the things pornography does is it actually very significantly demeans women in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, do we want to uphold the women in our lives uh, in, in, a, in a healthy, strong way? And so, um, and, and some of these passages talks about Matthew 7 says, you know, the, out of the heart comes uh, deceit and evil thoughts, right? And so I think we need to ask ourselves, wait, is, is my heart deceiving me and taking me to this place of like, how close can I get to the line and the boundary? Um, rather than saying, actually, wait, how far can I run from that boundary? Yeah, like, exactly. like, let's not try and get close to the line. Let's get far from it. Let's yeah. pursue holiness. Absolutely. Let's pursue healthiness. Let's yes. pursue love and care for other people. Because when we desire and we pursue those things, it doesn't become uh, kind of what can I and can't I do? It becomes how can I love and support and uphold the people around me best? Absolutely. And that changes. is an entirely different, 100%, 100 yeah. It's an entirely different conversation. So mm-hmm. um, let me let me go, go into a couple things. So um first i think with that what we need to kind of grasp is that um porn pushes a worldview okay so porn preaches at us not just um hey i'm trying to get pleasure but it actually communicates to us things that we don't realize it's trying to communicate okay this actually is true of everything. <laughs> everything you mm. go through in life, you go through the, the supermarket and the grocery store, you go through what you watch a movie, everything preaches a world loop. Okay, so the other day, let me take a non-sexualized um, example. The other day I was watching uh, the movie Happy Feet with my children and I'm sitting there and I'm watching this movie and I'm realizing, hold on a second, they, whoever wrote this movie has some great things to say, like happy feet, he's dances. If you haven't seen the movie, he's got these feet that move and he's in this colony of penguins and the penguins are all singers and they all look at him as he's weird because he's got feet that move. And they're like, what's wrong with this guy? Like he's, and so there's this beautiful storyline of, hey, this person is different, but that's okay. How do we understand and, and, yeah. and encourage people's differences? But there's another storyline that comes out in there and that they kind of paint the leaders of the community as these old crotchety guys mm-hmm. who believe in this old story that you know affects how they live their lives. Yeah. And so they really undermine that story and treat it entirely as negative and bad. Mm-hmm. So here I am sitting there with my three, five and seven year old going, these guys are preaching this message that actually, if we're not careful, could undermine scripture and what it is, right? Yes. And so we wow. need to help. I, I then sat there trying to help my three, five and seven year old understand right. this, this worldview that was being preached to my child, to them. And, and then how does it connect or not connect to scripture, right? Uh, and so 
anyways, the, the you know my seven year old had some questions that came out of it. My three and five year old looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> it's just a penguin <laughs> who dances, Daddy. Like, come on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what's wrong with you? Uh, exactly. Anyways, but but pornography preaches um, worldview to us. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what is it preaching? So. Kevin and I put this great framework together um, that, that they say, here's what the gospel says versus what porn says. So let me let me kind of go through it uh, with you right now. It's just five statements uh, that kind of depict the different things that culture yeah. says. So the gospel culture says in Luke chapter 22, verse nine says, um, this is Jesus saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Porn says, this is her body taken by me. See the difference, right? So good. He's oh, giving. Yeah, right? Just I'll breaks my heart, though. It's yeah, like, it uh, they're yes. So heavy. For sure. So yeah. heavy. And, and scripture always talks about giving. It's better to give than to receive. Mm -hmm. um, you read Ephesians 5, which talks about marriage. And it says, man should sacrifice himself mm -hmm. for the sake of his wife. And woman should submit to herself uh, for the sake of her husband. And there's this like beautiful symmetry as we both actually give to Absolutely. the other person. Um, but porn, porn undermines that. It says, no, 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 take. I, I, you, you get what's yours. You, you got these feelings. You go after right. it. And you, you take what you want. Um, so gospel culture says, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Porn culture says, relax, for there is nothing wrong with your fantasies. Mm -hmm. Right? Again, I, I'm going after what I want. Yeah. Um, the reality is the only reality I can see is my own desires. Uh, and, and But Matthew chapter 4 is saying, hold on, like there, there's a greater reality here that, that yes. we miss out when, when yes. we're just like, you know, keyed in on this one piece of us. That's right. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, gospel culture says, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Porn culture says, your life is found in your hidden adventures online. Mm we we get lost right this yeah. and and this comes out of um we, we feel holes in our life right we feel Absolutely. down right going back to that halt um acronym yeah. hungry angry lonely tired right I, I have this this hole within me i have this shame that i don't know how to get out of and so i actually find my life hidden in adventures online because all of a sudden i get this pleasure hit that makes me feel better but actually the bible says um that's instantaneous and doesn't laugh in fact it hurts you yes. uh, and it hurts those around you mm -hmm. and, it, and it makes things worse. So actually your life is hidden in Christ. Yes. How can you get more in relationship with him and find more life in him? Yes. So continuing on, um, this one's really hard. Gospel culture says, First Timothy 5, 2 says, treat older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Poor and cold culture says treat older women as cougars and younger women as barely legal. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Yeah, gut-wrenching, right? And and totally. that's what that's what yeah. all the promo stuff says, right? You look at the yeah. headlines, you look at yeah. it's like barely legal or cougar or whatever, right? Like there's yeah, just yeah. just stuff that's just draws that side of of um objectify and and, and treat them in in such a, a way. So uh, not, again, another one, John 17, three, the gospel culture says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Porn culture says, this is real life, that we would never be denied our every sexual desire, no matter how misogynistic, misogynistic or demeaning it is, mm -hmm. right? 
It's solely yeah. focused on who am I? Okay, there's this great Christian hip hop song by Tripoli called Robots. I did a whole series on it in youth one time. Okay. But but there's actually great um, thought and theology within the song itself, if you look at the lyrics and the words. Okay. So the whole chorus of, of it says, um, I'm not a robot, I am not a drone. I'm not your puppeteer and I'm not alone. I've got a new master and I follow follow him alone. I'm not a robot now. And essentially what he argues is that in culture, people say to Christians all the time, you're a robot, you're just following Jesus, you don't know anything, you're just kind of going through the motions. And Tripoli flips that argument on its head. He says, hold on, actually, you're missing the boat entirely. It's actually the opposite. Yes. He says, I'm not a robot because I am choosing to follow Jesus who wants health and wholeness and Absolutely. holiness and, and righteous living and great relationship and reconciliation and all these beautiful mm -hmm. things. And actually what our world says is, is follow your desires, yeah. follow it to wherever it leads you and don't let anybody tell you no and just right. go. But that leads to destruction. Yeah, yeah and like those are your masters then. Exactly. It's like the same yeah, thing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You're right. Yeah, 100%. And, and mm -hmm. it, that's exactly it, uh, Alana, that that, um, that that is your master, right? You are actually the robot, not yeah. the other way around is what Tripoli argues. And so that's why he says, mm -hmm. I'm not a robot. I'm not a drone. I'm not a puppeteer and I'm not alone. I have a new master and I follow him alone and so to me and the the, the verses of it are, are great he's got some great lines in there um you'll find yourself kind of pumping your fist or preaching or whatever <laughs> pumping your system I, yeah however you want to do that um so yeah so that's um some some stuff about um porn culture I, I think we 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 need to be aware of as we're, we're understanding what porn culture is that that it does more than just give us an immediate high it actually rewires our thinking so let me give you some more yes. stats um that that show this for you so some some more research mm -hmm. okay so there was a uh, uh some research done uh on on males um and asking them a question do they support women's rights Okay, so they broke them up into three categories. And the categories were, were those who did not use or look at porn at all, those who were intermediate users, and those who had massive um, use of pornography. Okay. And, and um, so the, the percentages I'm going to say are to those who have answered yes, they believe that women should have equal rights. Okay. So in the non-use, 71% of men said yes, women should have equal rights which to me is kind of low. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, like wait, hold on a second. Um, yeah, wait, this should be 100%. Anyways, 71%. Um, so that's an entirely thing, an other topic we need to go into. But um, exactly. <laughs> 71% said yes. But watch how this drops with the increase of porn use. So with the intermediate use category, that number drops from 71% to 48% oh, okay. of men who believe that women should have equal rights. And it drops even more significantly to the massive group. It drops 20 to 25% oh, wow. of men who believe that women should have equal rights. Wow. So wow. significant, right? And and, yeah. and the, argu the argument here is that your brain is being rewired. What you believe is not what you're choosing, but actually what you're watching is Absolutely. forming you more than you, you give credit. Yes. Exactly. So wow. that, that, that's one piece. Another piece is actually that um, watching porn desensitizes us to cruelty. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, another question was asked again to these same three categories. Um, and this question was how many months should a rapist be incarcerated for? Okay, so really significant uh, um, uh, question. 
Um, so yeah. those in the non-use category, um, and I actually, I don't know what a normal, what they would normally say someone should be incarcerated for, but okay. um, in the non-use, they would say 144 months was what um, the, the men would say in that category. In the intermediate use, it was 101 months. And in the massive use, it was 77 months. So it dropped That's by half. almost a half of hmm. the yeah. to the to That the is so use. interesting. Yeah, right? So wow. ju just, um, just significant. Um, and then make watching more porn makes us watch more porn. Um, yeah. So we kind of feel like it's different than other like addictions, like, you know, uh, drugs actually give you chemicals that make you addicted to it. Mm -hmm. um, but 90% of therapists believe someone can become addicted to cyber sex. Yes. Wow. So, so it, it's significant. It, it, it yeah. changes us and in, in, yeah. informs us. Um, but I've heard too that um, yeah. like if someone watches porn often and they watch a certain type of porn at some point it they're like desensitized to that they need something like the next level like i don't know where i heard that or what if there's like statistics to that um but yes. then they like level up the next like yeah. that so that's no dirty thing right yeah. yeah that's lust lust is is the the unquenchable thirst and desire right that that right. actually um you want more and you want different yeah. So I, you know, when you watch, it's, it's why people get to something like child pornography and, oh. and like these, these horrible things yeah. because um, they start small. Nobody gets into pornography going, I'm going to be a child pornographer. Oh. Like they don't get into that. They actually start small and they start with little things. Right. And, and it actually progresses. And what they, the, the lust is untamed within them and they start to progress um, to further things. Now, there's often also with that, there's higher degrees of own abuse in their own lives. Right. Um, and yeah, different yeah. stuff that, that is often correlated with that too. But yeah. Um, but something you were saying before, how um, how it's just, um, oh man, what did you say? Oh man, I totally forget. But anyways, it brought to mind Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. And how, you know, yes. hordes of people go to movie theaters. They went to the movie theaters to see that movie, you know, yeah. and how everyone just sitting there and watching, you know, yeah porn yeah and, was, yeah and it was all the man controlling her yes I, I, and hurting her I, and whatever yeah mm -hmm. right and, and, yes and so desensitizing the, the, sensitizing, yeah, desensitizing to that yes. that was what it was yeah and yeah. so um i have some stats here somewhere i'm trying to find them right now um that talk about um the rate of um um de desensitization towards um uh women in there um Anyways, I can't, I can't find it in front of me here, but um, I, here, here's, here's a, good, uh, a good thought for you. Porn essentially trains men and women to be consumers, not lovers, to treat sex as a commodity, right? And so it's a commodity, what can I get? And then that, that increases the lust, the desire. Um, there, there are stats out there that talk about um, um, how much more violence there is in um, pornography um yeah. there there if you look there's not usually a lot of kissing um there, there's it, right. there's usually aggression right. towards the female in particular and if females are being the aggressors it's usually towards other females um and so there, there's there's lots of aggression um in in those things um Ugh. yeah okay here here's the stats okay so um uh, in 2007, Robert uh, Wasnitzer, uh, Anna Bridges, and Michelle Chang released uh, results of their study, the, the kind of the top 50 selling DVDs at the time. <laughs> so a little old stat. Um, <laughs> but after analyzing, 
Uh, after analyzing 304 distinct scenes in these films, they found that 3,376 acts of verbal or physical aggression, uh, that's an act of aggression every half, every minute and a half. Whoa. So that's a lot. Yeah, about 90% of scenes contained at least one act of aggression. Verbal aggression, such as name calling, was present in about half of adult video scenes. In 73% of instances, men were aggressors. And when women were the aggressors, most of the time they were being aggressive to another woman. Uh, so in 95% in, in of the scenes, a person was uh, perceived, the, the person receiving the aggression reacted neutrally or positively. Thanks. Oh, man. But, like, that's totally not real see life. how to change a worldview. 100%. Like, 100%. It's completely obvious. Like, if this is what you're watching, however often, however many days in a row, like, it's no wonder it's wiring someone's brain to think that that's okay. Totally. So uh, positive or healthy sexual acts, such as kissing or compliments, were found in only 10% of scenes. Whoa. Like, this is, that's crazy. This is not real sexuality. No. Not real sexuality, right? It's... It, it, you know, in order to have great intimate sex with a, with your spouse, you, you you there's lots of encouragement, there's lots of affirmation, there's lots of understanding each other, supporting, giving, yeah. sacrificing that that actually happens, and and pornography preaches the opposite. Just makes me wonder, like in those relationships where you know one of the spouse or both of them, I mean, often that you we hear of that as well, um, but like what they're what you know once the screens are off. You know, what does this, what does their sex life look like if this is what's being shown to them? Like, how yeah. how sad that you know yeah. this is what is what's teaching them or you know directing yeah. them in that. It's like and this completely is, skewed. Yeah, which totally. But then you think of it, and this can be a huge or is a huge player in in the large majority of confusion that just infiltrates marriages in terms of their sex lives. Like you talk to, yeah. you know, we've, we've talked to so many people and, and even outside of our ministry, just each of us actively talking to people. And I would say 90% of the people I've talked to have massive issues and battles within their sexual lives. Um, because of worldview influences, you know, without them even realizing it. And then you start talking about it and then they start putting the puzzle pieces together. I mean, all of us at some, to some extent, absolutely. We deal with that in our marriages, but it's just astounding how massively yeah. worldview affects it. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and even in the marriage bed, we have to ask ourselves, you know how much if, especially if pornography is a part of um, your life it, mm -hmm. you have to ask yourself how, how much of what i'm wanting from my spouse is a result of intimacy and a desire for intimacy and how much yes. of that is lust yes. uh, right and, and by lust i don't mean desire <gasps> yeah, yeah. I, I mean like um a lust for more or different or you know yeah. and um you know guys typically want more sex than than females just with more testosterone in the body um, that comes a higher sex drive typically not always but um and so th there is a desire for more and that, that's okay um but but how is that coming out in you and how is yes. how are how are you utilizing that to build intimacy with your spouse um is a really important question to answer um for yourself and i, I don't want to give uh here's the blanket statement of here's exactly what it should look like for you because that's that'll be different for every person but um but that, that's an important question to ask absolutely um, because sometimes yeah. i think we are driven by lust right um and, and not driven by intimacy um yeah because what a hard question to ask yeah 
Because right, like going back to our last uh, session, um, you know, it, it's it, it's actually shame induced, right? I, I have a hole I need to fill in my soul, and and so I I go to something that gives me an instant fix rather than saying how can I actually um, find healing from the wound in my life, um, and and shame pushes us away from people, and we actually need um, good relationship. Okay, mm-hmm. so Tim, with that. Yeah. And I really like how this is leading. Can you delve a little bit more for us into porn within Christian marriages and that realm of things and how that is ultimately the same? It's defiling God's design for purity mm-hmm. and freedom within his precepts because we're mm-hmm. kind of just naturally going right into this with this conversation. I think it's important to address this. Well, I think, again, going back to the, it's, it's intimacy, right? Sex, mm-hmm. sex was created to uh, build intimacy in a marriage. And so um, you, you can even look at that at a chemical level. Um, when you have an orgasm, there's chemicals released in the body that actually um, increase the bonding to whatever it is that you're having sex with. So if it's with your spouse, you're bonding to your spouse. If it's your hand, you're bonding to your hand. Mm. If it's a screen, you're bonding to the screen, right? Which is wow. really telling. It's telling yeah. that that um, that actually th- that is what my heart now is longing after. Um, and, and physically I've been created for, um, sex being a bonding agent. So, um, so how does it affect, uh, a marriage? Well, man, if, if we're going to pornography, if we're going to screen, uh, to, to, um, you know, self masturbation, um, that's actually removing opportunity that you could be, um, chemically bonding with your spouse. Um, and now we're chemically bonding with something else. So, so it, it, it erodes the very fabric of a marriage. It, it erodes intimacy. Okay. Um, I, uh, a while ago, I had um, a couple that I was journeying with and he had cheated on her, but he cited a, a lack of intimacy in the marriage because she was um, significantly addicted to pornography. Oh, and uh, so there's this like this tension, this frustration yeah. of, Hey, like our intimacy is lacking. And as I, I counseled them, it, there, there was just this um, irreconcilability between the two as they both wow. had this, this real um, hate and, and uh, hurt, maybe is a better word. Hate was yeah. kind of the cover up um, towards the other person for what they had done. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, the, the marriage um, did not work out. Um, but that just goes to show the, the, the ability and the strength of pornography to erode um, a marriage. And so... Um, yeah, I, I think um, it, it's hurtful, right? It's hurtful, um, not yeah. just for the spouse who's not doing pornography, but their spouses, but it's hurtful for the person who is, who's lost in pornography too. Yes. So I, I think, um, you know, one of the things that comes up often is how, how do you react to your spouse if they come to you and they say, hey, I'm struggling with pornography? Because this is a really difficult thing right. because it, it's the, 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 there's two things at play. This person coming to confess has um, given a lot of courage and, and has, has really tried to push themselves to say, hey, I'm coming to you confessing something that I realize is super painful for you. And at the same time, it's so painful for the person to hear that, sure. right? Like it's super hurtful and there's wounds that have been created in the moment. And man, it's so hard and it's so messy. So here's what I want to say for that moment. Have a lot of grace. It's never going to be done well. <laughs> it's not going to be done right um, it, because it's two broken people coming together trying to figure it out. Yeah. So um, expect that when it happens that that you're going to be hurt 
um, and, and that's normal. It's okay. It's a part of uh, a part of it. If you're not hurt, I would say something's wrong with you. Maybe you are a robot. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like it, it should hurt. Yeah. Like this is not mm -hmm. a good thing. So, yeah. um, so how do you react to that? Um, I think if you're, um, if you're able to, to react, um, not surprised. Um, this, this is really hard um, it, because it's like, a, hey, like this just hit me. Wow, that hurts. Um, and I shouldn't say not surprised, but, but, but to be open and to, to be th like thankful for sharing. Thank you for sharing that for me. But then to be honest, right? Don't hide your feelings from them. That's not helpful for them. Because I think what happens is we do two, one of two extremes. We go and we bash them over the head. What's wrong with you? I can't believe you did that. You hurt me and blah, blah, blah. And you actually have every right really to, to do that because they have hurt you. But then we also, the, the other side of the extreme is to say nothing. Oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Not an issue. I got you. I love you more than, than your woundedness, you, all those kinds of things, which again is also true and, and, and might be right. But I don't think either of those extremes are helpful. What is helpful is to listen to hear, to say, thank you. I do love you regardless of what you're going through, but also to articulate your pain yes. because um, the person's coming to you because they love you. Yes. They care about you. They want and they desire um, to share and to connect with you. That's why they're confessing with you mm -hmm. to you, right? And so for you to communicate the pain it has caused you and what you're experiencing in that moment, is so helpful to that person. It might be hard for that person to, it will be hard for them to hear um, because they're caught in a world of addiction and may not know how to listen or hear those things, but it is helping them motivate them to get out, right? Yeah. Wow, thank you, you know, so-and-so uh, spouse for sharing that with me. I realize that's really hard for you to share and it takes a lot of courage for you to share that. You need to know that, that that's really hard for me to hear. I, I don't know what to do with that right now. Um, it's, uh, there's a lot of pain welling up within me. Um, and, and I'm not sure how to react to you in the moment. I need to go talk to some of my people who I trust and love to have them pray with me. Yeah. And then let's maybe have another conversation, yeah. um, you know, around this. So I, I think we, we want to love and care for one another. I think in those moments too, um, your spouse can't be the main person who's helping you get out of it. Um, right. and, and you need, you each need to have another party who's helping yes. you, who's praying with you, who's supporting you, who's journeying with you through it. Uh, cause it's hard. It's really hard. And, um, you, you know, you're, you're, um, you're going to deal, you know, you're going to witness, uh, the effects of it in the marriage bed. It, it will be harder to have intimacy. Um, it, you know, your spouse is now second guessing, uh, you what are you picturing? What, what are you going through? What is your motivation? Yeah. Um, and just to put that out there, it's warranted, right? Like it's, it's warranted that they are second yes. guessing your motivation because right. of where you're coming from. Yeah. Now, what's hard is you don't want to use that and utilize that as mud to sling in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, you want to uphold them and you want to point out the good things in them. So, um, one of the, the things that's really helpful, Andy Stanley gave this talk um, years ago uh, that I, I heard him, and this applies to a lot of different things. He actually was applying it to um, leadership cultures, but he was using marriage as um, 
as an example. So he said, in our lives, we have expectations. It's kind of this line we draw and sometimes we know what they are and sometimes we don't know what they are, but we have these expectations. And when we have these expectations of other people, we often experience a gap right that they only come up so far and they don't quite meet our expectation and so there's a gap there and what we do with that gap um, will change radically change the relationship so we do one of two things we either assume the worst or we believe the best mm. and so what we do in that will change the relationship you have so what's really easy to do in this situation is now every time you go to have sex with your spouse is to believe the worst or assume the worst, right? Um, is to go, okay, well, they only want it because they just looked at something and now they want to get their sexual desires gratified. They actually don't care about me. They only want to have an orgasm. They, right, they, they all these kinds of things. Um, and so we tend to then um, assume the worst um, instead of believing the best. And so what's helpful, especially if you're, um, the one who is addicted to pornography or struggling with pornography is to point out why you want to have sex. Say your motivation. Hey, hon, like, I love you. I care about you. Um, I, I think you're gorgeous right now and you caught my eye or you did something that really filled my love tank and I right. want to be intimate with you right now. Um, right. Or something, something like that, that, yeah. that, that kind of shares your motivation. And if you're struggling, ask, just ask. Hey, just what, what do you want? What's your reason for having wanting to have sex with me right now? I just, I'm struggling with it right now. And I just would like to know, uh, yeah. right. And then believe them, whatever they say, believe right. them. Um, because, um, you know, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to build trust without that. Now, here's what I will also say too. Um, when you confess to your spouse, you need to be ready to give over um, every um, um, device, every computer, uh, every time she asks, um, she needs to have full opportunity to be able to go on your phone whenever she wants to into your history on your computer, whatever it is in order to rebuild that trust. You want to do everything you can to rebuild that trust with your spouse. I, I mentored a couple of years ago who he had cheated on her as a different couple. And uh, he came to me uh, um, to get help. And uh, as I was talking with him, I felt like he was more sad that he got caught than he was that he oh, actually no. cheated on his spouse. Right. And so it was this, it's this weird thing as we're going through. And at one point he says to me, he says, Tim, he says, she wants to like text me at every moment of the day, knowing exactly where I am at. He said, I'm 36 years old. I'm, I'm an adult. I shouldn't have to do this anymore. And, and I said to him, I said, okay, but hold on. You might be 36 years old, but you've done so something that's caused great pain to your spouse. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, you actually need to do everything you can to rebuild that relationship. If you yeah. want to have a trusting, loving relationship, yes. do whatever you can. If that means you have to text her back every 30 seconds to tell her where you are and what you're doing, to send a screenshot uh, or a selfie or whatever it is, do what you need to do to build that trust, right? Like you, if you desire that relationship, do whatever you need to do. Get a covenant eyes, uh, internet filtering, uh, website accountability, whatever it is you need to do in order to build that trust, do those things yes. because you, you want to do what you can to, to rebuild that relationship because you have lost, um, you, you have, you have undermined the intimacy. You have caused reason or caused great reason for, for lacking of trust. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I want to encourage you to do what you can to rebuild that trust to believe the best about the person instead of assuming the worst that will help yeah. rebuild the fabric. Um, and when you're struggling to believe the best, ask, 
tell me what's your reason for wanting this? What's your reason for doing this? Hey, you're over here. Um, and when you ask, okay, here, here's just a little tidbit. Don't use why questions. When we use why questions, they, they um, we assume judgment. Hey, why are you over there? Why are right. you on that website? Person immediately gets defensive. Oh, because I'm, uh, you know, and we get, yeah. we get on our heels and we, we kind of back up. Instead, use what or how. Say, hey, what'd you go to that website for? Or, or what, what caused you to, to, you know, ask me, you know, for sex or for this mm -hmm. or uh, whatever, um, you know, you seem withdrawn right now. What's, what's going on for you? What's, what's happening with you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then it just allows a person to engage differently than, than the why. Uh, another way to say that is why's invite lies. Um, you know, why were you on your right. computer at, you know, midnight last night in the living room right. without anybody else around you? And it's like, oh, uh, uh, you know, and they get defensive instead of invited into um, intimacy and confession and repentance. Yeah, that is so, good. Yeah, that is so good. Yeah. The wise invite lies, I think is really, it's also so powerful. Because yes, I can see how, you know, with the example you just gave, it's like, oh, you'd be so easy to just like spit off something. Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is why. Totally. But then, yes, to actually, to get into the relation, like the intimacy of it first and yeah. actually have that connection before you, you ask that. Hmm. This is so good, Tim. <laughs> it is. This is, this doing is really amazing. Good. It's great. So yeah. in, with all of that, Tim, I think this is a big question that a lot of our followers have. And it's like going through this. And, and now we've addressed the spouses and two, which is amazing. Uh, we're going to have a lot of people excited about what you just shared. Can we mm -hmm. go into walking towards freedom from pornography addiction and how how yeah. people can start doing this in closing this episode? Yeah. Let, let, let me just say, say this to start. Um, what I have found when people ask me this question mm -hmm. is usually they want a 20-point step that guarantees yeah. freedom. You know, yeah. tell me the 20 things I need to do that I make sure I'm going to get it. Or tell me the thing that I can do in the next two weeks that's going to stop my pornography addiction of years. Um, and so I just want to kind of alter your expectation a little bit because I think that's really important. Um, if you've been in this for years, you're not going to get out of it in two weeks. There are some stories of right. people who stopped cold turkey and for some reason it's worked for them. Those are not the norm. Okay. So the stat is two to five years it takes a person to get out of addiction, wow. which, which is significant. So I actually had yeah. someone message me um, a while ago and uh, they had gone through our Genesis process uh, here at Camus Lines Church and uh, which, which is like, a, um, it's really, it's a great ministry for anybody to go through. I actually went through it myself last year. Um, it's, it's kind of similar to like a 12 step program where someone who has, okay. you know, alcoholic addiction or drug addiction or relationship issues or whatever. But to be honest, if you have any relationship with anybody, uh, you know, you have a spouse, you have a kid, you have a parent, <laughs> which is everybody. Um, it's yeah, helpful to go through. It just helps you with healthy boundaries and all those kinds okay. of things. So, which is why I went through it. So um, this person went through Genesis process and then they, they said um, it didn't really work for them. And they went through another ministry, I believe it was called Pure Desire, which was another year long ministry. So they went through two years and after the two years, they came out and they, they found huge help uh, and freedom from pornography. So they're emailing me going, Genesis didn't really work for me, this didn't work for me. And they even cited the stat that it takes two to five years for a person to get out uh, of, of this, or uh, free from these addictions. And I found it really interesting because I thought, here they are actually undermining Genesis process when in reality that was the first year of them journeying towards freedom and the second year they got into this other other ministry and my guess is 
um, Genesis process probably set the foundation for them mm. to find freedom uh, in their journey. Yes. And so, you know, had it have been the other way around, maybe he would have been saying the same thing about pure desire, mm-hmm. uh, but that, you know, right. it really didn't help me in Genesis process is what got him out because he actually just needed two years of journeying with for great sure. accountability, some great truths in there, some people helping him get out of those addictions. And so the expectation um, is you're not going to get out of this overnight, that it is going to be two steps forward, one step back. And so to, to expect that, to know that as you want a journey towards freedom, this is going to be a long haul because you didn't get into this overnight and you're not going to get out of it overnight. Um, so I just want to kind of set that tone. This takes time. So let me um, share with you kind of, uh, I think, uh, uh, just something to hang, hang this on that will be helpful. Um, uh, that uh, a little word picture, which is just a, a three-stooled, um, a three legged stool, sorry, three stool, three legged stool. Um, and, and the three legged stool that um, causes pornography to be such an easy addiction to get into. So the, there are three A's. It's anonymity, accessibility, and affordability. Okay. So these are the three things that, um, that, that cause the stool to stand. When you're in pornography addiction, it's what makes them run. You're, 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 uh, you, you have um, secrecy, right? Anonymity. I'm doing this by myself, nobody knows. I, I'm, I'm stuck in this. There's this accessibility. Per, uh, the web, websites are everywhere. It's on your phone, oh, it's on your, yeah. your computer. Everything's mobile. You can access it almost anywhere in the world uh, at the touch of a button. It's instantaneous. So it's really easy to get it. And then affordability. It doesn't cost you almost anything, like except for your time, right? Like, and, and so it, it, it can be found for free very easily. So this, this is the three uh, prong approach. Now, Here's the great news. Any one of these legs gets taken out and the whole chair begins to wobble and things Mm. now become unstable and have greater potential to fall, which you want the stool to fall, right? So you take out anonymity, you take out secrecy, you talk to somebody, the stool wobbles. You take out accessibility, you get like the covenant eyes um, thing on your phone and on your computer and on your iPad or whatever, your tablet. Um, and all of a sudden accessibility becomes a lot harder, right? Yes. You, you remove these things and suddenly um, it becomes a lot more difficult. Yes. So um, again, going back to what we talked about last week, talk to somebody, get somebody say, hey, I need to meet every week. Okay, so I have a, a friend that I meet with every week. We go for lunch on Wednesdays and uh, my covenant eyes filter gets emailed to him. He sees what I see. Uh, you know, and so I know he's going to see it. And so it's, yeah. it's again, it's, I don't have anonymity in this. <laughs> people yes. know my wife also sees it, right? So the, the I don't have anonymity. And then look at the video, that thing that people, anyways. <laughs> um, that word. Yeah, that word, that stuff that has to do with secrets, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Right, so, so I, I'm, I'm out in the open, people know. My wife can look at my phone anytime she wants to. She can look at my computer anytime she wants to. Um, and, and so she can see those things. So there's trust there. Um, and there's an openness there that, um, uh, that, that makes the stool wobble. Mm-hmm. Accessibility is another thing. This one is, is hard because, uh, especially if you are competent in computer things, <laughs> uh, I'm not so right. competent. Um, there's workarounds in this, but let me say this. Um, so Covenant Highs has, has filters and different stuff that you can put on there. You, it also has a setting where you give control of Covenant Highs to somebody else. So you can't go into the system and change the settings on it, right? right. 
Um, and so you actually have to go to that person and they have to change the settings. If you want to do it, they have to agree to it, right? And you can increase filters and uh, the strength of them and those kinds of things as well. But here's what it at least does. Um, accessibility is also about efficiency, right? If I can get to it in a moment's notice, I can be in the right. same room as someone and be on, watching pornography on my phone so long as they can't see. I talked with a, a young person one time who said they were in their living room of their house under a blanket with people around them, mm -hmm. right? So it, it's accessible, like it, yeah. it's it's easy to get into. And so um, it, it, we, we can get into this stuff easily. Um, and, and, and sometimes all it takes is a little less efficiency, right? If I have to jump a hurdle, if I have to go around this wall, if I have to figure this out, and suddenly something else comes in the way, distracts me, gets in there, or I just get impatient. Actually, I use that as a moment to get out. Yeah. And so I, I would say that that even at least helps. Even if you feel like you're a computer whiz and you can, you know, get a hack around these things, put it in there anyways, because sometimes just the inefficiency of it might help you to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So so that that's that's a help there as well. Um, yeah, and so those are really those things. So the last thing I will say on this is that you know I referenced uh, pure desire Genesis process is another great thing called freedom session that I know is quite popular there for yeah. churches to run. Yeah. Um, these programs are amazing. You need to go through one. In fact, I would I would just say pornography or not, go through Let's one of these it. sessions. You will find it exceptionally valuable. Okay. Um, we all need to learn how to do relationships better, and these mm -hmm. will help you do these things. Maybe it's control for you, uh, right? Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's you're, you're numb. You don't know how to feel, right? That's one thing that pornography does, right? It actually numbs your senses. Um, it, it, we, we tend to go to any addiction, uh, you know, it numbs not only the negative things, it also ends up numbing the positive things. So, um, yeah, so get into one of these things. They're typically a year long. And as I just shared, you know, it takes two to five years. So you might need to find something that's, a, uh, you know, a second time around a different thing to kind of help you go through it. Um, but get into one of these things and have it um, uh, set you up for, um, yeah, long-term, long-term growth, because it, it will take time for you to go through it. So, yeah. That is so good to know. And That's I think so it's helpful. so good to talk about just having realistic goals, because I mean, with any, any area of life, you know, like if we don't have realistic goals if or if we haven't been held capable of those things, like it's so good to know that. And even just talking specific to pornography right now, for spouses to have that grace and understanding and and preparedness right. to be like okay we're in for you know looking at that two to five year approximate and just having everybody all parties all in prepared for that and in that understanding i think that's huge for empowering people on yeah. on this journey yeah 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 be prepared for setbacks um actually yeah. sorry I, I do have um some questions um, I realized I wrote down um, that that would be helpful when someone comes to you, especially if you're in an accountable relationship, if you're meeting like I do with my, my friend uh, weekly, when someone fails, it's great to have some questions on how to do that. So um, one, if, uh, sorry, before you have questions, you need to have a goal. So if someone comes to you and say, I want to get out of pornography, say, okay, great. We can talk about you not going into pornography, but talking about not going into pornography goes back to the damning part of right like yeah. i'm going to put a dam up there and just no 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 you Got actually it. need to have a positive goal right what's your reason for wanting i want yes. to um uh, honor the females in my life right like mm. for me that's a huge one i have mm. a wife i have a mother i have two sisters 
and I have two daughters, right? Like I want to uphold the females in my life. I want them to know what it means to have a male in their life who loves them and supports them and values them significantly. That's a goal for me. So what's your goal? What's your reason? More intimacy with your spouse or whatever it is. Um, What's your goal for getting out of pornography? Mm -hmm. And then use that as your motivation. So then you can ask questions like when a person comes and confesses, you say, so how do you feel about that? Right? Often when people are stuck in addiction, they don't know their feelings. They don't understand why they got into it. And so understanding your emotions and why you're in there and how you feel outside once you've done it is super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then asking qu- some, some simple questions like, what do you need to do next? How does this affect your goal? Mm-hmm. What do you need from me? You know, do you need a phone call tomorrow night? Uh, do you need to come, you know, stay at my house while your spouse is gone for the weekend? Like, what yes. do you need, right? Um, and then here's a really important one that we under utilize how can we celebrate when a person oh, has that. when a person has gone you know a number of weeks or days or whatever yes. it might be you've got yeah. to have to celebrate you have to reaffirm the positive thing right because yes. going back to um the why do we get into this is shame i feel horrible myself i feel bad i don't feel like i'm a good person but when you celebrate it puts all of that on the back burner and it reaffirms what god is doing in your life it's like yes oh, we can really win i feel great about this i feel happy i feel excited i feel hopeful uh, right, that I can do it. So, yes. yeah. So take the risk. Talk to somebody. It's worth it. Hey, friends! Thank you so much for hanging out with us as we dive deeper into meaningful, godly intimacy, tackle the hard questions, and embrace truth while we're at it. We're also on Instagram at Kingdom Sexuality. You'll find our Instagram handle below in the show notes, where you'll also see any other resource links we may have mentioned in today's episode. As always, our hearts are to cultivate deep community and freedom with you guys. And we cannot wait to continue this journey alongside you. We'll see you in the next episode.